You're listening to the Happy Hour with Nick Sainert and Enrique Alvarez Clary. This isn't the real Caesar's Palace, is it? What do you mean? Did, um, did Caesar live here? Um, no. I didn't think so. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back into the show. Thanks again to Lincoln Stars president Lori Crocker for joining us a little bit ago. As the uh, Stars have a playoff game going up tonight against the Des Moines Buccaneers. Puck drops at 7.05 p.m. And so make sure you uh, make your way out to the icebox. It's game one of a three-game series, so hopefully Lincoln can the Stars can just go ahead and close it down in the first two games tonight and tomorrow um, but once again, it's $10 for a ticket. They have alcohol. They have beer, more importantly. They have really good popcorn. They have great popcorn. They have uh, great pizza. They, they they have great concession food I not have the pizza. out there for uh, the Lincoln Stars, and so they'll face off against Des Moines. So obviously you've heard you know, Coach Rocky Russo and Cameron Whitehead, the goalie, and Mason Marcellus, um, as well uh, in addition to, to Lori Crocker on the, the shows on the ticket. So make sure you make your way out to the Icebox, which is a great atmosphere in the USHL um, to cheer on the, the Lincoln Stars. Now it's time to turn our attention to the Huskers as um, we are joined by Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska. Steve, happy Monday. What's up? Hey, fellas. Thanks for having me on. Hey, uh, how was how was the weekend, Steve? Are we are we recovering after all of our keyboard fingers, or how are we feeling, Steve? Yeah, there was a lot of um, writing going on, um, but that's to be expected with something mm-hmm. as epic as the Nebraska football spring uh, scrimmage, um, annual spring scrimmage. But yeah, I'm I'm recuperating and good stuff. Um, now just starting the starting the week off with more content. So yeah, head yeah. over to Inside Nebraska and read read and watch all of it. Are you glad that you're not starting your week off like Colorado? Yeah, yeah. Um, I've, I've been following along with that. That's, um, you know, I guess uh, some people could look at that and not be surprised. Um, mm-hmm. You could throw me in that category. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's uh, not really looking great over there in Boulder. Um, so interesting. interested to see how that whole thing turns out. Well, I guess putting a Nebraska spin on it, I mean, Steve, are you surprised that we haven't heard – of any guys, anybody leaving the program yet? Um, no, okay. I'm not. There's still, there's still, I think six days. Uh, April yep. 30th is when the spring uh, transfer window closes. Um, and you know, if you listen to Matt Rule after the game, he said he really wanted to make it a point to meet with every single member of the team for some exit interviews, mm-hmm. and he'd be doing that Sunday and today. So um, there's going to be some hard, hard talks in those in some of those exit meetings. And, and I think a lot of guys are um, going to get a better idea of where they sit in the program and, and where, where they would play if the game started today, which is what rule said. So a lot of guys are going to be getting um, some, some information um, that will help them, I guess, make their decision on their futures for sure. But um, uh, no, I think April 30th is when it is when the uh, transfer window closes. So there's still some time and, you know, thinking about this whole thing, I'm sure some players already had their minds made up um, going before the spring game mm-hmm. of what they were going to do, and now it's just a matter of time with how the university wants to kind of release the names and, and do it that way. So, um, but like I said, still six uh, six days left with this transfer portal window being open, 
Um, so that's plenty of time in my mind. Do you see now, Steve, do you see um, Nebraska going below the 85 and looking to bring somebody, some, some other transfer targets in or just right down to the 85 just to, to, to fit that limit? Hmm. It's a good question. Um, I, uh, I would think that maybe they would, they would cut down their numbers like, like they, like they uh, normally would, like they have a plan to do, but then also keep an eye on the transfer portal itself, because if there's a, maybe let's just, for example, if there's a offensive lineman, a tackle who's out there who has a little bit of playing experience and, and the staff thinks that they could, um, help help out the offensive line room at Nebraska. I think they go after somebody like that. Or if there's an interior defensive lineman who has some experience, um, but you know could come into the defensive line room at Nebraska and be a rotation guy, um, not not be a starter or anything like that, but just go in and and maybe give them 10, 15 quality snaps every game. I think they go and get somebody like that. So um, I I think they. They do their business how they're always going to do it, but also keep always keep an eye on that transfer portal because you never know who's going to pop in there. So I think they're always this this staff especially is always on the look um, to get better at every position, and I don't think that's going to stop right now. Well, we're joined by Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska, and Steve, you wrote an article on uh, the rival site just a, a little a little under twenty four hours ago. It was published that says through fifteen practices, Matt Rule has a plan. And there's buy-in. Um, I think that buy-in part is is a really fascinating discussion point. Talk a little bit more about that and just what we've seen from Matt Rule since November and now that spring ball is, is completed for the most part, right? The practice portion, the on-the-field portion is completed for the most part. What are what are your just generalized thoughts over Matt Rule in this first couple months of his, of his tenure? Well, just looking at this, whole program from the outside and, and talking to the coaches and talking to some of the players and just gauging what, what, how they view everything going on. It just seems, and it just struck me when I was writing that it struck me that there's just a plan in place. And I don't know if it was like that in years prior here at Nebraska. And it's a good plan. I feel, um, and every, everything, the, the thing that I really like about with Matt rule and, and his operation here is everybody is pulling the same direction everybody has the same goal um and at the end and i i just think that you know when you see the from everything like little stuff like the social media videos what's shown in there uh to the pictures that the team releases all the way down to you know what the what the assistants are saying in their press conferences what the players are saying in the press conferences sometimes actually oftentimes a lot of the same words are used it just seems like everybody is in 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 lock and step right everybody is going in the same direction they all know what the end goal is and i just really appreciate that and again i didn't really feel like that with uh frost um here and and i'm feeling it right now with matt rule i just think he he knows what he's doing he's done this uh two times already at temple and baylor and he's going back for a third time uh, in college and i just have a good feeling about this whole thing and so i just uh, wanted to write after uh viewing 15 spring practice, not viewing, just being around the program for these 15 spring practices and learning about these coaches and learning about these players and learning about the new systems and everything. Uh, there's there's a plan in place, and I think everybody is following it and everybody is kind of bought in because it's easy to buy into Matt Rule. He's an excellent salesman. Um, yeah. You know, we're going we're gonna to learn a lot about this team in the fall, obviously. It um, doesn't really matter what we see in the spring on the field, but 
um, yeah, I, I just think that a lot of people are bought into Matt, what Matt Rule is laying down, and that's why he's successful. That's why he was successful at Temple and Baylor is because he got the people around him to buy in and agree with what he wants to do, and I think that's really cool. Steve, it's interesting because like I, I completely agree with you on all that front, um, but I, I find – I mean, I, I've gotten pushback – when I've said that on air from fans going, ah, oh, Nick, don't worry about the social media. We shouldn't be worried about and get caught up in the videos and the photos. We need to see it on Saturdays. I mean, we're sitting here and it's April 24th. And you sit here with that, that, that really strong feeling of, I just need to see it on Saturdays. That's fine. But you're going to kind of drive yourself crazy when you kind of get this feeling when you're around this program, that it is all going in one direction. Yeah, and when I say the social media stuff, I mean, like, so you remember that week when there was so much talk from everybody about Heinrich Harburg and the position that he was going to yeah. play? Is he a quarterback? Um, is he able to play tight end and play at a high level? Is he even capable of being an edge rusher on defense? I mean, there were several different things being tossed around with Heinrich Harburg. And then almost immediately, you see the social media team pump out a video of him running a triple option. Uh, for a touchdown, or you see a video of him uh, laying out and, and giving up his body to, to, to block Isaac Gifford uh, for one of his teammates earning the ball behind him. I mean, everything with the social media department with Matt Rule, I feel like has a purpose. N- nothing is random. Everything is shown with a purpose of something. And I just, I just think that it's a trickle-down effect from the, the owner, the CEO of this company that is Nebraska football, and that's, that's Matt Rule. So that's what, I, that's what I meant yeah when I said everything, you know, with the social media team that gets pumped out has a purpose and it has a meeting. Nothing is by accident, and I, I just really think that's um, actually a cool thing coming from a CEO-type, hands-on CEO-type uh, coach like, like Matt Rule. And I think that's – I don't think it's like that everywhere, but it is here in Nebraska, and I think that's a good thing. Well, remember, if you, if you flash back to last September, that's what everybody was craving for was Nebraska needs a CEO-type coach that just lets – you know, just has his, his pulse on the program and allows their, his, his assistants, everybody from support staff to assistant coaches to do their job and kind of be involved with everything. And that's exactly what Matt Rule is doing. Yeah, it, uh, even to go further with with everything like Matt Rule has his hands on literally everything, even to the post game press conferences, even to the press conferences. Remember on the sixth floor, um, and, and this was before spring ball when the press conferences yeah. were happening on the sixth floor, the press box area of Memorial Stadium. Mm-hmm. You know, usually there were two two uh, sets of chairs for the media members to sit on. Well, now there's one set, and you know it's maybe it was Matt Rule, maybe it wasn't, but um, that it's just little little minor tweaks and changes that you know Matt Rule shows up, and we start seeing more more of those tweaks and changes. Yeah. Um, it just yeah, I mean, it, I don't know. I just think that this is a change for the better with Nebraska, and, and it seems to me um, from you know looking at everything, it seems to me that everybody's kind of lock and step with him and, and ready to go with him. Yeah, even in in the uh, in Memorial Stadium where we have our pre- our press conference conversations with them following practices, there's tape on the floor to tell us, hey, this is where this you can't cross this line. This is it's lava on that side of the line, and you're okay on this side. Um, it's it's only Matt Rule and coaches and players, and it just kind of gives them space, I suppose. And and I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, Steve. All right, 
as we look forward now, it's going to be a very important summer for for a lot of guys, especially the guys that are still on the roster following the the closure of the transfer portal deadline here in, in six days on the 30th or so. When you look at this roster outside of quarterback, because we're going to get to that here in a second, what position group are you are you curious about the most? What, position battle, whether it's who who kind of comes away as the number one guy in that group, where are you looking at on this roster? Yeah, it'll always be the offensive line for me right okay. now. And, you know, if I, if I didn't want to go offense, I'd go the defensive line on defense. But, um, yeah, I mean, the offensive line for me just has my attention the most because, um, like, I, like I told you guys before, you know, Jeff Sims looks fantastic at 6'4", 220. He's running over Kane Williams at linebacker. He's throwing darts up the seam to, to Nate Borkacher. But, you know, if, if he doesn't have an offensive line in front of him, he's going to get his butt kicked, just like Casey Thompson did last year. Mm-hmm. So what I'm wondering about is the offensive line. Now, what you like is it's a really big-time veteran group. I mean, there are close to 120 career starts returning up front for Nebraska on its offensive line. That's the good. The bad is what happened last year. They started slow, and they got better, I think, um, as the season went on. But you'd like to see them take that next step to start the season um, because, you know, the Minnesota Golden Gophers are coming quick and they, they are notorious for owning the line of scrimmage and, and having that mindset that, hey, we're going to run the football right at you. Can you stop it? And um, I, I don't know, my, like Matt Rule, the, the very first press conference that he had, um, he talked about owning the line of scrimmage. And um, that, that is the offensive line's job to do and I, I'm just wondering how that's going to look um, in late August at at uh, Minnesota so you know Teddy Brahoske would be absolutely massive if he could come and, and be that anchor at left tackle and look like he you know I'm sure there's going to be some rust that he needs to shake off but if he can come down and, and nail down that left tackle spot you might slide somebody like Turner Corcoran down to left guard you have Ben Scott at center you have maybe a position battle at right guard between Nuri Nuelli, Ethan Piper, and then right tackle Bryce Benhart, who Matt Rule is obviously really high on and really um, wanting to, to pump up through confidence. Um, so, yeah, the offensive line is just big. You, you love the career starts returning, but again, when you, lo- when you watch the tape from, from last year, you know there are several areas that need to get better, and the offensive line is one of them, and I'm just curious to see you know what that what that looks like because if it if they do take a step forward that just makes everything else better that makes the the running game better that makes Jeff Jeff Sims or Casey Thompson or whoever's going to play quarterback that makes their lives better too so uh, I'll be interested in the offensive line for sure we're talking to Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska and Steve couple more before we go ahead and let you go um you mentioned the quarterbacks I, I think obviously a lot of eyes are going to be turned towards the quarterback room during this summer and especially during these next six days because you do expect some attrition there. They have six guys in the room. We know the previous staff has always carried five scholarship quarterbacks in that quarterback room, but now they have six. The staff, I mean, everybody knows. They brought in Jeff Sims, Casey Thompson injured for spring ball. I mean, where are you sitting at? I feel like we ask you this every Monday, but where are you sitting at with this quarterback room? Because did Jeff Sims impress Husker fans and and more, you know the staff enough during this spring to say, yeah, we're we're fully confident in Jeff Sims taking the taking the reins on this? 
Yeah, sticking with Sims, I, I really liked what I saw from him on Saturday. Uh, I think he was accurate with the ball. We obviously saw his um, athletic ability, his, his athleticism kind of spinning around and, and escaping some pocket pressure. I mean, that stuff looked great. And, um, you know, it's just such a hard conversation to have when, when Casey Thompson isn't out there practicing right next to him. But you, you have to believe that somebody like Casey Thompson, his his veteran presence, his football IQ. Um, I, mean, I mean, the guy is basically an assistant coach um, right now at, at his position. He's He's got the mind for it. Um, I, I do believe that Casey Thompson can kind of take a spring off, step right in at fall camp, and, and be a legit contender. I, I really do believe that without playing at all in the spring. Um, I, I think he has a lot of things that Marcus Satterfield and Matt Rule would really appreciate kind of up top between the uh, – on top of his shoulder, so – um, but yeah, when you look at other 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 quarterbacks in the room, Chubba Purdy, Richard Torres, Logan Smothers, it's just it's a hard conversation to have because you know we saw Chubba Purdy last year did not look good. Uh, he played through some injuries. Uh, Saturday was really the first kind of opportunity we saw Richard Torres, uh, big kid, big arm. Um, I think he's more of a pocket passing guy. Um, and then Logan Smothers, we know what he brings, but again wasn't here at all during the spring so yeah I think one or two of those guys are, are going to be entering the portal I don't know which ones at all but uh yeah I mean there's some decisions to be made at quarterback especially um but you know st- sticking back to what we saw on Saturday I really liked uh what I saw from Jeff Sims it was it was good to see him get out there complete that uh, pass on that seam to Nate Borkature and, and complete another mm-hmm. kind of, I think it was a five or five or 10 yard out, um, three man or three man route. Um, and he fired really rocket with, with some solid protection in front of him. So, um, good stuff from Jeff Sims. Uh, again, I, I don't think he won the job at all. Um, cause okay. Casey Thompson will obviously have something to say about that in fall camp, I think, but, uh, um, yeah, decisions to be made for sure with the rest of the guys. All right, Steve, I, I got, we got to switch over to basketball really quickly because, there, I mean, there's there's action. There's the action that's ha- been had uh, with Fred Hoiberg and his and his team. Obviously, uh, JVN McCollum unfortunately goes to Oklahoma, picks the Sooners last week over Nebraska. Now, yesterday, it comes out that Latrell Wrightsell is going to play for Nate Oates at Alabama, and so that kind of leaves Nebraska with a couple guys. Um, obviously, Josiah Alec is visited Nebraska over the weekend and you and I as we were talking pregame against uh, or for the spring game or spring game on the sidelines we saw Hunter Salas just a couple yards away from us as well so I mean where's Nebraska at and, and where's kind of your confidence overall I suppose um on on, the, on Hunter Salas Josiah Alec and and really I mean just Husker basketball as a, as a whole yeah, so we can stick with uh, Salas. And by the way, Hunter Salas looks excellent. I saw him on the sideline. We all saw him on the yeah. sideline at the spring game. He looks really, really good. And uh, he looked good in the Husker jersey. But um, if, for that to happen, I think Nebraska, Fred Hoiberg, and, and company are going to have to beat some other programs to land him. And it's not going to be hard. Um, you know, I, I, I know that Hunter Salas went to Wake Forest, officially visited them. And, and you know, anybody, anything about. Wake Forest. I know the head coach over there, Steve Forbes, is is really well respected, and, and a lot of guys like playing for Steve Forbes. Um, he's a good head coach too, so it, it's not going to be easy to land Hunter Salas. But I think as of right now, um, you know they they laid out the red carpet. They they did everything they needed to do for Hunter Salas. It's just kind of balls in his court, and he needs to make a decision now. So um, I I don't have any inside information on where Nebraska lands um, with him, but uh, 
Um, obviously, he would be be a massive, yeah. massive get. Um, Latrell Whitesell with with Alabama. That one kind of surprised me because uh, we had heard rumblings um, at rivals that that uh, the the Crimson Tide were going to take um, uh, another transfer guard, um, Eric Estrada, a transfer from Hofstra. Mm. Um, so they got him, and then all of a sudden they land Latrell Whitesell Jr. Also, so so NATO apparently wants all the transfer guards. Mm-hmm. Nobody else can have any transfer guards. So uh, well, um, that one that one surprised me a little bit. But uh, yeah, Josiah Alec, I, I like the Huskers' chances with him too. Gotcha. Uh, just kind of a big guy. He's got a different game than than rank mass uh, for sure. I don't think Josiah is really an outside threat, but he can do some damage um, on the block. So that would be. Um, just another big body um, at 6'8", 240, 235 pounds, um, who, who has some uh, pl- good time playing, this big playing experience at New Mexico, and then for uh, Kansas City three years before that. So, um, yeah, that's that's for a little bit where I'm coming from with, with uh, Nebraska gotcha. basketball, but getting back to South, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard, guys, to land him. A lot of a lot of guys do. Is it is it? It's not panic time if if Nebraska doesn't get Hunter Salas, right? Because I think a lot of Husker fans will sit there and go, "Man, Nebraska had a chance at McCollum from the Siena transfer, had a chance at Wright Cell, and had a chance at Hunter Salas. Two of those guys, not to mention our our hometown or home state kids. It's going to be a little disappointing, I think. No, the, yeah, I mean, you're right, Nick. It, it will be disappointing, but, like, is it the end of the world? No. I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, I, I really don't think so. I think, um, you know, Fred Fred Hoiberg, he has a plan, and obviously it would be good to um, get some of these local guys to come back and play for the home state team. Mm-hmm. Um, but that sometimes life isn't life isn't easy, and it doesn't go go your way. Um, you know, college basketball is, is a tough business, and the transfer portal is proving to be absolutely nuts. I mean, we think it's nuts with college football. Yeah. College basketball, it's it's nuts too. So, um, no, I don't I don't think it'd be time to press a panel button. But I'm not going to argue with anybody who wants to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, it's funny because you talk about the transfer portal. Two Colorado players at 125. So 20. We've been on this call for about 20 minutes, and, and two more and two more guys entered the portal at 125 p.m. Perfect. from from the University of Colorado. So, just just craziness over there in Boulder, Steve. Yeah, I saw the leading uh, rusher from last year's team with them hit the portal, Dang. and his first name was Dion. So I don't know oh, if hello. that was a uh, you know only I'm one not, of I'm us can, only one of us can be named Dion. Dion Smith or something. Yeah. They lost their leading rusher from last year, their leading receiver from last year, and their standout receiver from the spring game who had two touchdown catches. Yeah, and you have I, I also saw uh, uh, on social media the quarterback uh, Dion son Shadur Sanders, who yeah. I think is actually pretty good, but he took to Instagram and was. Um, saying some things about some of his teammates who have hit the portal and you know it's just not a good look when you when it's like spring practice already and you have your uh, Jackson State transfer quarterback going on Instagram live and and talking about the guys who have left the team in the portal it's just like man we're we're just in April what's going to happen in the fall with these Mm -hmm. guys right I mean it's just I don't know just a lot of drama caused already with these guys so I have some stats from the guys who transferred if you're interested in that (laughs) Uh, yeah, absolutely. They've lost all four quarterbacks who threw uh, 20 passes, three of five running backs, all nine players targeted, uh, eight time, all players targeted eight times, five of eight offensive linemen, and seven of eight defensive linemen with 100 snaps, all four linebackers with uh, 200 snaps, and 12 of 17 defensive backs with any snaps. Yeah. Um, okay, Th- this brings me up to – I think it was earlier this year when um, one of the Colorado's assistant coaches 
was giving a pump up speech and that was shown on um social media and he was doing mm-hmm. the sit up sit down thing um, yes. kind of over and over i don't know if you guys yes. remember seeing that i do but i, I remember a uh, quote tweeting i can't wait until they play utah and the utes roll up to 400 yards rushing on these guys and <laughs> shut them out i mean that's going to be beautiful tv yeah. it's going to be must watch tv um, so I don't know. I'm just waiting for that Utah Colorado game. It's going to be epic. People forget that Colorado opens the season at TCU. Yeah, yeah, about that too. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, lastly, Steve, I mean, just how good are the Cubs? Oh well, okay. A little disappointing <laughs> that they didn't get out of a yeah. series, another series win with the Dodgers. But I agree, Nick. The Cubs are officially good. Dude. I have come around on the lineup. Um, Look at you know, the, the pit starting pitching is good for the most part. Yeah. We need to work on that bullpen a little bit, Well, but, um, you know, Cody Bellinger revenge tour. I like mm-hmm. it. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> well, just, I don't know. All here, here's the the train. We're, all, we're taking passengers. Just you also on board. I'll let you in. I'll strap you up myself. You, you also need, you also just needed Jan Gomes not to tackle Drew Smiley and he'll get a perfect game. Oh my gosh, I did see that. So I think that happened when the Frank Solich <laughs> it was, press it conference was, was, yes. was happening, so I didn't get to see it live, but oh my gosh, that was hilarious. That honestly. was that was heart I'm not a Cubs fan and that was heartbreaking. <laughs> Young Cubs tackled Drew Smiley. What are we doing? Yeah. Um anyway, all right, Steve. Hey, we, we kept you way longer than we expected to. We we appreciate it big time, man. Uh take take a take a much needed break. Any vacations coming up for you? No. Ah, perfect. Yo, you're a new dad, so I guess where <laughs> no, are you going? Where are you going to go? You're a new dad. Yes, exactly. That's right. That's uh, you're learning quickly, Nick. How's, oh, how's, how's the kid? Uh, she's excellent. Uh, she is uh, she's um, a happy a happy two-month-old baby, um, and uh, we're, we're enjoying taking her uh, walks, taking her on walks throughout her neighborhood. Uh, have a cool little stroller that like we we go in style with. And, okay. Uh, mm. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, you were speaking like a true dad earlier in the conversation when you said, you know, life isn't always easy, and so <laughs> I, you got this dad thing down. All right, Steve, you're, you're doing, doing just fine. You're doing a great job, Steve. <laughs> life life isn't easy with Hunter Salas recruitment, and life isn't easy with a two month old little girl. So. Exactly. All right, my, my little girl is is on a scooter by herself now. So oh. Yeah, that that one hurt the other day when we were walking, and she's like, "I'm gonna go this way," and I was like, "Okay," and she's going, and I'm just watching her. I'm like, "Dang it!" <sighs> oh, yeah. d- did you get Rico tears? A little bit. Oh, that's sad. All right, hey, it's Steve. gonna be a game changer when uh, the the little daughter starts moving herself. Yeah, so I'll have to keep an eye on that when they oh, yeah. start like intentionally moving themselves. <laughs> oh yeah, it's fun. <laughs> All right, Steve. Hey, hey, appreciate it as always, man. Uh, we'll we'll talk to you next Monday. Thanks again. Absolutely. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Rico. That is Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska. Good stuff as always. Uh, Cubs are good. Steve's welcoming anybody on our train doot to doot. Uh, the the promised land, which is the World Series. That's okay. Drew Smiley almost had a perfect game against the Dodgers. Cubs Yankees World Series. Th- this show would be unbearable if that happens. We're going to Wrigley. Okay, I guess so. We're going to Wrigley. Guess we're we're not gonna be able to afford yeah. Yankee Stadium tickets. That's true. Not like we, we can afford. We can afford not Wrigley. Like we can afford Wrigley World <laughs> we can, Series tickets anyway. Hey, hey, Nick and Rico, you're outside of Wrigley Field. Yeah, that's, we'll be, be in. Uh, what's what's that the that bar that's like across from? Uh, Is it Wrigleyville? Well, that's the area. The, the area. The area yeah, is the Wrigleyville. Area. We'll we'll so. just broadcast live from Wrigleyville. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> we'll get Jake on that. All right. All right. Let's take a break. When we come back, uh, Austin's gonna join us for this uh, the crossover coming up next. Download our app by searching 93.7 The Ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. 
More of the happy hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.